0: live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, Talk, radio. Show Talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network used to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for February the 20th. In the year of our Lord 2021, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced, ladies and gentlemen that the peaceful solutions are right at our fingertips. They're called checks and balances, and they work. And that's how we, the people, can peacefully be involved in the restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration, ladies and gentlemen, of America. We also support the greatest export being God, family, and country, the best export being the Ten Commandments, the best export being there's something above government, and that's Christianity. Welcome. To Liberty Roundtable Live, it is a Freedom Lovin' Fantastic Saturday. Every day is Freedom Lovin'. Every day is fantastic. Every day is faith-filled. At least we hope that's the case. I want to uh, make a tribute broadcast for two hours today to the late Rush Limbaugh. Was he perfect? Far from. Did he hit the news as hard as we do? Not even maybe. Was he a good person? Well, I think he uh, started out a pretty good talk show host, but then he kind of went to become a Republican water boy for the bucks. As his life evolved, from what I understand, he became a man of faith, and he embraced faith. That's a critical thing, ladies and gentlemen. If we gain something in this life to become a Christian, to believe in Christ, to have hope, to have faith, to have charity for others, uh, to learn to serve one another with kindness and love, to learn to be like the Savior Jesus Christ, to the best of our ability. I know we'll never be the Savior. I understand all that. But I know we can try to, well, what did he say? Come follow me. If we can do that to the best of our ability, it makes 10 times more out of our lives by being Christians and followers of Christ than we can make on our own. And I think Rush, by the end of his life, I am told by those who surrounded him and who were near him, that he did embrace faith, that he became a man of faith. And you can see it in his broadcasts uh, as uh, the days unfolded, as he got sicker, uh, as he you know he became, uh, in my opinion, a man of faith. And you know what? I'm not here to judge if he was a real Christian or a baby Christian or, a, you know, it was just for show. I don't know any of those things. I don't know the man's heart. But I do know those who are closest to him say, you know what? He was a man of faith. He became a man of faith. And I, I'm just delighted about that. I think that's wonderful. I hope that can happen for anybody, that they can make changes, that they can repent that they can turn to God, that they can receive comfort and peace and strength and courage and all the attributes of Christ to the best of our abilities. I know we have fallen way short, but by his grace, he'll make up for our inadequacies. No doubt about it. It isn't really us. It's the grace that makes that happen. I understand. I also understand, though, that we need to do all we can do. And I also understand that, you know what? When people trend in that direction in their lives, it's a wonderful thing, no matter who it is. Well, anyway, so in a tribute broadcast to Rush Limbaugh, I have no guests today. It's just me. Isn't that the way Rush would do it? All right. I'm going to start out by playing Amazing Grace. There's a group called the Cactus Cuties. This is also a tribute broadcast to the great state of Texas, ladies and gentlemen. And, oh, did I say Amazing Grace? All right, the Cactus Cuties sang Amazing Grace, too, by the way. A, cur- a tremendous rendition. Well, anyway, the Cactus Cuties are uh, 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 several girls. And they're about 8 to 14 years old, from what I understand. And they're from Texas, and they got the chance to sing the National Anthem. So I'm not playing Amazing Grace now. I should, though, at, at the death of Rush Limbaugh, the tribute, if you will. Amazing Grace don't we all need, right? However, I will play the National Anthem, though, in patriotic duty to God, family, and country, to prayers for the Texans who are struggling in a mighty cold freeze, uh, and to Rush Limbaugh. Let's kick it off with the National Anthem there, Jay? on a Saturday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Rush Limbaugh got his career started, really, in sports, right? Does anybody know that? He became a talk show host. He was a sports guy. And so I wanted to kick off the Cactus Cutie National Anthem to kind of give a tribute to Rush, a tribute to the Texans, a tribute to all things holy and honorable and good and righteous and everything else. And I bring all that up because uh, the Cactus Cuties, in my opinion, they're something. You know, I know that you know a lot of people like... Uh, The National Anthem sung by a rock star, female hero or whatever. And, you know, it's the best rendition. Whitney Houston made the best rendition ever and whatever. But I look at these little teeny girls and I think, wow, theirs is every bit as good as anybody's. And what I love about it is it really serves up on a platter. The innocence, the hope, the future, the patriotism. That you know what young ones can have if they're taught right. When I mean taught right, I mean taught about God, family, country, taught about the protection of life, liberty, and property, taught about proper patriotism, taught about gratitude and appreciation, taught about all the principles that make people great. We're not great, we're not great because we're important, we're great because we're God fearing Americans. And we can teach others to be great too by following the look at God for solutions, not government. Here's Amazing Grace, Cactus Cuties.
2: Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a red-
1: gentlemen, a wretch like me and a wretch like Rush and a wretch like you and a wretch like all of us compared to the perfect one, Jesus Christ, the only perfect one to ever live. Uh, But that's who we can follow, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't that give you courage and hope? Doesn't that give you a desire to be a little better, to work a little harder, do a little more, right? Now, here's what's fascinating. I'm running around playing Amazing Grace and the national anthem on your radio, and it reminds me of the opportunity that I had the chance In freezing, I mean absolutely freezing temperatures, to sing Amazing Grace. I'll tell you about it coming up. We were outside, it was freezing cold, and they tried to pin me as a terrorist for it. (laughs) Details in seconds.
3: Conceived in liberty, carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate, and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch, and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
0: Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-gooders to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable.
1: Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is Liberty Roundtable Live. We're live six days a week on the Sabbath. We rest just as we would hope it to be. Hard work's good for the soul and good for you and me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I was mentioning right before the pause that, you know, the Cactus Cuties sing Amazing Grace. Uh, We sang, or they sang the National Anthem, a tribute to Rush, a tribute to Texas, and a tribute to God-fearing America. Because remember, it's about God, family, and country. And what makes America great is that we realize there's something greater than government, and that's God Almighty who we turn to, whose laws we need to obey if we want success, if we want to remain the greatest country on the face of the earth. Now, if we fail to obey God's commandments, in other countries, obey God's commandments, then they'll be great, and we won't. It isn't a matter of white supremacy or any of those lies they tell you, ladies and gentlemen. It's simply a matter of reality. Obey God's commandments, and he will keep his promises. He will protect us. He will heal our land, okay? So it's not we're great because we're better than anybody else. That's all bogus. We're great, ladies and gentlemen, because when we do what the author of liberty says, we have more liberty. Where the spirit of God is, there also is liberty is the point, right? I digress. I'm telling you about a story. Uh, When I had the chance to sing Amazing Grace, not near as prettily as the Cactus Cuties, I might add. You know, my redneck voice probably ain't very pleasant to listen to. Nevertheless, Um, the feeling, the sentiment, the uh, intentions were valid. So I cast my mind back five years ago. What was it? January the 2nd, 2016? And uh, Sam Bushman, Richard Mack, Kirk Crosby, and many others went to Oregon And we went to the state of Oregon because we wanted to, or Oregon, is that how you say it, to help a couple out, the Hammonds, a patriot rancher community, uh, a rancher family, a couple, and Mr. and Mrs. Hammond, uh, Mr. Hammond and his son Stephen Hammond, so Dwight and Stephen were going to go to prison because they did what's common practice in the West. They lit a backfire to stop a fire that was burning. But it got a little bit, you know, sometimes you can't control the exact fire. It got a little bit on government BLM land. And so they charged them and sent them to prison. And then they said it was terrorism. And anyway, long story short, the prosecutions continued. It was in the Barack Obama administration. And they were dubbed as terrorists, this Steve and Dwight Hammond. And so we all went there to have a big rally and asked the sheriff to please help us stop the persecution and prosecution of uh, Dwight and Steve Hammond. And we went there, and we had a nice, peaceful rally. And I'm telling you right now, it was bitter cold in the mid of Jan- middle of January in Oregon. Uh, the sun was out, <clears throat> so it wasn't, you know, 100% cold, but it was like mm, 8 degrees or 6 degrees or something like that. So everybody was all bundled up and everything else. And Well, anyway, Richard Mack and myself and Kurt Cosby, we were leading the rally as we walked from uh, where we were peacefully meeting together, and we walked to the by the sheriff's office, and, and and then we eventually walked to the Hammonds' home. And when we got to the Hammonds' home, it was freezing cold, man. And all of us had the chance to file up there. We took turns, and we all went to the Hammonds, and we all said something to them, shook uh, Dwight's hand, uh, gave uh, Mrs. Hammond a hug, and we promised them that we would do all that we could to see that, you know what, one, we wanted to stop them from having to go to jail, and the Hammonds said, no, please don't, don't cause any trouble, We'll just go to jail and do what we're told, proving, in my opinion, they're not even close to terrorists, proving that they're law-abiding citizens and they're just like, look, let, let, you know, the process or whatever you want to say take its course. And so we honored them in that, and we said, okay, we understand. However, we'll do all we can to see you released. We gave them hugs. There was a lot of tears. And then when we stepped back after everybody had kind of filed up and we had kind of stepped back, they were still on their porch, the Hammonds. Old couple, man, in their 70s, right? Why on earth they're going to jail when just thugs and gangbangers and government bureaucrats that are on the take and criminals are all running around free? I have no idea why the Hammonds would be going to jail. But they were, and there was terrorism charges, claims against them and everything else, and it was just a shame. But there were a lot of tears shed and a lot of heartfelt uh, hugs and sentiments given and all that kind of stuff. When we got done, we stood We stepped back, and we were, like, across the street, I think it was, from the Hammonds. And all of a sudden, Richard Mack starts quietly singing Amazing Grace, and everyone joined in. And we had this, I mean, all up and down the street. The street was full of people. All up and down the street. It just caught on, and everybody sang Amazing Grace to this dear couple on their porch in the freezing cold. I'm telling you right now, six, seven, I can't remember, nine degrees, whatever it was, it was single digits for sure. And everybody was bundled up and all that kind of stuff, except for me, of course, I had my head bare and my face open and stuff like this. But we sang Amazing Grace, and I'm telling you, the spirit of liberty was there, folks. I, I kid you not. And so I look at the Cactus Cuties, and they're singing of the Amazing Grace, and they're singing the National Anthem, and I just go, you know what? That's the future of America, patriots taught right by their parents to understand the sacred cause, to understand their relationship with God, to know who they are, to have confidence in God Almighty, to have trust in the proper role of government. No, anyway, and, I, and so I look at this, and I go, after that event, the Naman Bundy and a few people decided to take over the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. And as you know, me and Richard Mack disagreed with that decision. They tried to get me to be the main media man inside. I refused. They got Pete Santilli. He did it against my advice and went to prison. Uh, That's a sad tale to tell. I'm I'm sad about all that. I don't think he should have gone to prison, but nevertheless he did. I refused to take over or be part of the National Wildlife Refuge because I believe, like the Hammonds, that, you know what, there's a time to protest and there's a time to stand down. There's a time to boldly stand up and a time not to. And if we stand up together early enough, peacefully enough, we can stop the bad things from happening. But if we don't, then, you know, once the train gets a rolling of tyranny or the train gets a rolling of abuse of power, it's about impossible to stop. So by the time they called the Hammonds terrorists and everything else, hey, it's time to stand down a little bit because the government's ready to go to war. But I mean, if you don't believe me, just ask David Koresh of the Brands Davidians. Just ask Vicki Weaver, holding a baby in her arms, innocent and unarmed, when Lon Horiuchi, the government sharpshooter sniper, murdered her in cold blood at the Randy Weaver fiasco. Okay, the government means business. Just ask when Ammon Bundy and Ryan Bundy and LaVoy Finnicum got stopped on that road trap created for them after the Malheur Wildlife Refuge uh, situation. Look, they literally killed LaVoy Finnicum in cold blood. Okay, the government means business, and they're brutal and hostile. And that's a sad statement. Now, they would tell you that I'm anti-government, but they lie. I'm for the proper role of government. I'm just not for this misuse of government power. Anyway, I'm telling you that we sang this peaceful event, and then we left. And they wanted to do the Malheur Wildlife Refuge takeover, and we refused. Me Me and Richard Mack and Kirk Crosby left. Well, we wrote a press release against taking over the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. And I, in the press release, it summarized what I just kind of told you, that, you know what, we believe there are better ways. We don't believe this is the way to go about it. We still support Ammon Bundy and crew, but we think their tactics are, are um, n- n- not the tactics that should be used. I, I don't know how to say it, but we backed away from that. But anyway, while we were issuing our literal press release, literally while we were trying to get our statement out to the media so they knew who was who. Remember, I told you my face was bare, right? <clears throat> and they took a photo of me and Kurt and Richard Mack, I was the only one that had my face open and clear, easy to see, leading this group of patriots to sing Amazing Grace at the Hammonds' home, which we did. I don't know if there were police officers embedded in the crowd or not. I don't care. We weren't doing anything wrong. Okay, there was no violence. There was no agitation. There was no destruction of property. There was none of that. It was just an amazing event to sing Amazing Grace. And... um. Well, while I was issuing this press release with Richard Mack saying we disagree with the Malheur Wildlife Refuge Takeover, there were two events, the Peaceful Rally and then after that, a separate takeover of the Malheur, right? While we were issuing our press release, they literally took my photo from that Peaceful Rally, leading this group of people to the Hammonds home to sing amazing grace and give them hugs and pray for them and and promised them that we, we would do our very best to peacefully see that we could uh, you know, help them be released from prison because we believe they were wrongfully convicted over political matters. While we were issuing our press release, they literally took that peaceful photo of us leading the crowd, my face front and center, and they put it on an article and on several articles in the mainstream press that was the takeover of the Mount Hero Wildlife Refuge. Now, they didn't say that I took over the refuge because they know they'd get nailed to the wall for slander and libel. But what they did is they put my picture on that, making it appear that I was part of that. Right? Because you got the Malheur Takeover article and you got Sam Bushman front and center. And this is where the media was so, the drive-by media, let's uh, give this a tribute to Rush. The drive-by media was on full auto, baby. Full auto against Sam Bushman. And they lied, and they were dishonest, and they know they lied. They lied because they intentionally mixed the two events together, dishonestly. And they lied because they committed sins of omission against me, making it appear as such, but never stating as such. They walked a fine line of immorality and dishonesty as the drive-by media was on full auto. We'll come back. I'll talk about it more. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable
3: Live.
0: Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
5: USA Radio News. President Biden promising more help for Texas. The massive winter storm causing many to lose access to electricity and water. Biden saying Friday he'll sign a major disaster declaration for the state and he'll visit soon. Two pilots killed in a training mission, the Air Force announcing a jet out of Mississippi crashed Friday near Montgomery, Alabama. No word on the pilots' identities or what happened. NASA is sharing what it calls exhilarating pictures of Mars. Pictures taken by the rover Perseverance that landed Thursday available at NASA.gov, along with a stop-motion video of the rover's landing. Former astronaut Mike Massimino tells NBC News what this mission is all about. So they're looking for signs of life, they're looking for signs of water maybe underneath the surface.
6: The signs of life probably would be fossilized fossilized evidence of microbial life from ancient
5: times, but still that's very, very exciting. The rover will undergo some maintenance checks this weekend and take more pictures, including a panorama. This is USA Radio News. Welcome to Tax
7: Talk with Hollywood legend Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust. The Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. You gotta love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. Yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee, and they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either.
5: Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-832-1594. 800-832-1594. A woman's death reveals the risks of getting organ transplants during the pandemic. A Michigan woman died last year two months after a double lung transplant from a donor who unknowingly had covid Her case revealed in a medical journal released over a week ago. University of Michigan doctors say the donor initially tested negative for COVID. After the woman's death, more extensive testing found signs of the virus in the donor. This could be the first case of COVID being transmitted through an organ transplant. A doctor who handled the donated lungs also got the virus but recovered. President Biden in Michigan yesterday expressing confidence in achieving his vaccine goals weather causing some shipment delays, but Biden's saying at a Pfizer vaccine plant that we're still on track for administering 100 million vaccine doses in his first 100 days. He also says it won't be much longer before we can all get a vaccine.
1: We're now on track to have enough vaccine supply for all Americans by the end of July. It doesn't mean it'll be in all Americans' arms, but enough vaccine will be available by that time.
5: Yeah, as we can get back to normal by the end of the year. This is USA Radio News.
0: With news the networks refuse to use, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
1: All right, back with you live, Sam Bushman on your radio. Tribute to Rush broadcast, no guests, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm telling you about this uh, drive by media scenario that happened to me personally. So the mainstream press literally took my photo from this peaceful rally where we gave people hugs and promised this old couple that would do our very best to advocate for their release from prison because we believe they're politically uh, charged, wrongfully so. And so we we went to their home, we prayed with them, we hugged them, we promised them, and we sang amazing grace to them. And then after that, they took that peaceful rally and mixed it with the later event that day, the takeover of the Mount Hero Wildlife Refuge. So while I was literally issuing a public press release to the media about our stance, They literally took that photo from the peaceful rally and they put that on articles that were pro and detailed takeovers as if I was part of the takeover and one of the leaders of the takeover. I mean, it's the drive by media, literally full auto assault like you cannot believe. And I talked to some attorneys about it because I wanted to sue them and the attorneys were like, you know, you probably can't sue them. It was a bad in bad taste photo for them to use, but they didn't make any claims. They didn't completely defame you uh, in a direct way that could be attributable yeah is it immoral yeah is it dishonest yeah is it in bad taste without a doubt and sam it's really bad it's super unfortunate but you know there's a lot of leeway in the media buddy and it really drove home this drive-by media reality check that i learned from rush limbaugh that that's what they do and the mainstream press would mock him for this and even now after he's passed away they're like oh you know, look, this guy talked about the drive-by, but you can see that. And I don't know how to make it more bluntly in your face personal than that was to me at that time in, in 2016. I just don't. I mean, it was just brutal. And my poor family was literally in fear because they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you didn't go get arrested, Sam, and I'm so glad that you're home with us. And But then that happened, and now the fear starts to happen because it's like, wait a minute, is Sam going to get arrested now? I mean, his photo's on this, and he's intimately associated with this. Uh, true or not, oftentimes doesn't matter, right? So will the try? Will the drive-by media literally be able to, um, uh, you know, take Sam out over this? What- what's going to happen? And so I felt comfortable because I know that the-, the evidence would be on my side. But I also felt like how wrong that was for the media to do that. They literally put me... Uh, and my family in danger over that. And, and I began to understand that the drive-by media, it's true. It's like on Full Auto, It's an assault like you wouldn't believe. And Rush was right about that. Now, you know, Rush to some degree compared to others was kind of a powder puff host. But not always. He stood up and got a lot done. And he did a lot of good in the world. Some you know about. Some you don't know about. Okay. So let's talk about this. Um, Country star John Rich is in the news right now. And the reason that he is, you know, I I think that's big and rich. Is that the country group? Big and rich, John Rich, okay. Country star John Rich revealed a secret donation that Rush Limbaugh made to the St. Jude Hospital group. He says, when I was on Celebrity Apprentice, now isn't that, uh, Donald Trump Show Celebrity Apprentice. Jay, isn't that right? All right, I'm going to start calling Jay Snurdly. Should I do that? Snurdly? You got to look that up, Snurdly. Isn't that what, What? well, Snurdly, just, so, okay, so Jay's talking in my ear. You guys don't hear. But Jay says I don't get that reference either. Just so you know, there's a guy by the name of Bo Snurdly. And Bo Snurdly is Jay, uh, or Rush Limbaugh's producer. And so what Rush would always all the time is be like, Snerdly, look that up and make sure. Can you, can you verify that, Snerdly? All right, r- straight from the horse's mouth, snurdly has now verified um, that, yes, indeed, the apprentice is uh, Trump's, uh, I don't know what you want to say, uh, reality TV show there. And so anyway, so Rush Limbaugh made this donation to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital When I was on um, Celebrity Apprentice, says John Rich, Rush Limbaugh made a donation of $100,000 to the St. Jude, only on one condition, anonymous. Well, so that brings up the question, in all honesty and fairness to Rush Limbaugh. And what, what they always do is they say, Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul. You know, kind of thing, right? Uh, Anyway, but how many other donations did Rush make? He made a $100,000 donation. Um, John Rich just brought that to our attention. He was promised a secrecy while Rush was alive, and then now that Rush has passed away, it's kind of his way of saying, look, this guy was a better guy than you might think. Look what he did. Uh, I know personally. And that's an example of I was taught about the drive-by media reality check. Uh, I heard it from Rush, and then I kind of went, okay, I I understand what he's saying. But then I experienced it firsthand like you wouldn't believe in a life-threatening kind of a circumstance even to a great degree or a freedom loss scenario at the least, right? Could have been. Well, anyway, um, but so Rush did a lot of good, says John Rich. And many others um, aren't learning about the wonderful things that Rush did uh, in his life. And there were many of them, folks, many of them. And that's kind of why I want to give a little bit of a tribute to Rush Limbaugh, because I kind of want to just, you know, have people realize that, you know, you may disagree with Rush politically. You may completely disagree. You may say, oh, man, he was he was part of the establishment. If you're, you know, kind of a a conspiracy person or, you know, out of the establishment, you might say, well, Rush was just flat out mainstream press stuff. The Democrats would come back and say, oh, Rush was evil, man. Everything he said and did was just pro, you know, conservative or pro whatever and, It's bad. So you can take a lot of, uh, what do you want to call it, reference points and say how Rush was a bad guy. But I submit to you that he was a lot better guy than he gets credit for, without a doubt. And I appreciate John Rich doing a good job and telling us about this because I appreciate kind of knowing the man. You know what? Sometimes at somebody's funeral, you learn so much about people, right? And uh, this is an example where, you know, on his death, we learn about some of the wonderful things he did. And justly so. Well, anyway, um, Jay asked the question, who the heck is Bo Snurdly? Well, he's the man that doesn't exist, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you know that? Come on. Why doesn't he exist? Because it's not his real name. That's why. Bo Snurdly was the producer for Rush forever, for decades. Now, a lot of people would like to say that Rush was a racist, right? Oh, yeah, I man, he's one of them white guys who huh, got white privilege going on everywhere and all that kind of... Well, I don't know if you know, but Bo Snerdly is not only not a real person, but he does exist. Yeah. Who the heck is Bo Snurdly? you might ask? Bo Snerdly. Well, so the New York Times raised doubt about Bo Snerdly's existence, okay? And you say, Sam, wait a minute. Why are you going around in circles? Stick with your line of thought. I'm doing this on purpose. Because Bo Snurdly was not a real person. That was a, what do you call it, stage name? What do they call that when they're authors, Jay? What What do they call those guys? Pseudonym? Yeah. All right. But the New York Times raised doubts about Bo Snerdley's existence. But the man on the Rush Limbaugh show, known as Bo Snerdly, indeed does exist. And he expressed his love and admiration for his multi-decade long-term boss, Rush Limbaugh. He spoke in an emotional interview Thursday night. His name, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is James Golden. And he served as Rush Limbaugh's producer call screener, and engineer since 1992. 102, 112, almost 30 years, baby. All right. Now, James Golden, the other interesting thing you need to know about him was a black dude. Yep. Yeah, James Golden, the black gentleman that played the role of Bo Bo Snurdly on the Wrestling Boss Show, was a black man. And he's now on Sean Hannity giving this incredible interview. And he said, we can't wrap our arms around this, James Golden told Hannity, who says he owes his own success to Limbaugh. We can't wrap our brains and our hearts around that our beloved Rush has returned his talent to God. We are so thankful for him. Yeah. Now think about that, folks. So everybody's running around saying, oh yeah, you know, Rush Limbaugh, that guy's a, a conservative icon leader of kind of the white supremacy movement, and he's not really an open white supremacist or whatever, he's just a, uh, uh, you know, kind of a closet one, but he certainly kind of blows the dog whistle in favor of the racists, and he lies, absolute lies, straight from the pit of hell lies, okay folks? Bo Snertley was a real man, his name is James Golden, and he loved Rush, And that was a black man and a white friend standing shoulder to shoulder for the sacred cause of liberty. And race had nothing to do with it, and they were best friends. Liberty Roundtable Live continues in
2: seconds.
8: As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, The nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series,
1: All right, live and on your radio, Bo Snerdly, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Times question of you is real. How goofy are they? Conspiracy theories on tap for the New York Times, to say the least. <laughs> Guy's name is James Golden. He's a black gentleman, in my opinion, a real patriot. What an example of a good guy doing great things. But Rush did a masterful job at weaving his producer into the broadcast. Okay, Bo Snerdly, James Golden is his real name, got a lot of credit for things. So when when Rush was on the air... Uh, since he was pretty much running solo. I mean, the guy would do three hours of hard-hitting radio every single day. Maybe not as hard-hitting as the radio we do, but, you know, he did his best, right? What do you do when you're kind of in the mainstream and you get massive fame and you're on 500-plus stations? Do you kind of mellow out a little bit, or do you, uh, you know? Anyway, uh, I digress. Rush was a great man, did a great job, did a lot of good things behind the scenes that you don't know. One of them was his promoter's his producer, like you wouldn't believe, and uh, nobody really knew who Bo Snurdly was. Some people thought he was a prank you know, character, but it turns out that he was a real man producing real quality. Some of the best radio work ever produced. He was the call screener. He was the, okay, it was real. He was real. And um, so James Golden or Snurdly would be talked to on the radio all the time. So, you know, Rush would come out on a segment and he'd be like, I don't know if I ought to tell the, the people this. Hey, Snurdly, you got to tell everybody this? All right, Snurdly said I should tell you guys. So I'm going to tell you, Rush Limbaugh shaped the generation like nobody else could. And cultural thought along with countless changing of individual lives. Anyway, Golden tweets now. And it's kind of a public figure speaking out. He said, believe it or not, Rush Limbaugh, I'd probably be working in a grocery store if it wasn't for you. Brother... We'll meet again, says James Golden. He said that in his interview with Sean Hannity. Now, Golden, er, Golden, and this is really interesting, James Golden said Rush Limbaugh is really a second generation founding father. Isn't that interesting? You know, this black dude who no one knows about, now speaking out saying, look at Rush. Rush promoted me Gave me an incredible career. I'd probably be working in a grocery store if it wasn't for Rush. And you know what? Given just the praises to Rush. Okay? But let me explain something to you, ladies and gentlemen. It, was, it went beyond radio. This went beyond radio, James Golden, nicknamed Bo Snurdly for decades. This went beyond politics, he said. What Rush did for America? What Rush did changed so many trajectories for this country. When Limbaugh began his talk show in Sacramento in 1984, no one was on even TV or radio where you could get conservative ideology. Does Bosnerly exist? Come on. Yes, he does. He changed the media, said Golden. He changed the landscape. Rush Limbaugh's radio program grew for over 30 years. This is unheard of. And our audience ranged from small children all the way up to the senior of senior citizens. What's your metrics? What's your, you know? Well, everybody, Rush would say. Beyond his accomplishments, James Golden said, Limbaugh, was one of the finest human beings you would ever want to meet. Golden became emotional as he defended Rush Limbaugh against charges of racism. Yeah. Golden became emotional, so this black dude behind the scenes that no one even knew hardly existed, but was referred to every day and given credit every day by Rush. Rush would always talk about Sturdly. Hey, Sturdly, I'm going I'm to make a comment. I, wanna, I want you to make sure that, can you double, I've already checked my facts on this, snurdly. Uh, but can you double down and confirm, for, and he'd have, you know, James was behind the scenes doing all this stuff and scrambling and confirming facts and doing a tremendous job, but he'd always give his producer credit. His credit, his, his producer was as equal as it should be, black or white, irrelevant, race irrelevant, right? But Golden became emotional, as he defended Rush Limbaugh against charges of racism. What do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? I really ask you honestly, what do you think of that? Right? This is really important. Okay, because it shows Russia's true character. It shows that we're not racists like you think we are, or like you're told that we are. Right? A generous, wonderful, beautiful spirit, says Golden about Rush Limbaugh. Humble, a gentleman, he said, never failed to thank people for the smallest service that they could do for him or do to him. He never looked down on people, Golden said. It burns me to my soul when people sully his reputation with falsehoods, calling him racist. This man was just an incredible phenomenon. And we love you, Rush, he said. God bless and thank you, Sean Hannity, for having me on the radio or on the TV with you to discuss Rush. You can see the interview there. Now, guess who wrote up this? Uh, what do you want to call it? WorldNet uh, WorldNet Daily writes the article. Yes, most nerdly exists. Our beloved Rush has turned his talent to God. Unheard voice in studio. Expresses his love for American icon. Writes Art Moore of WND, World Net Daily. Now I bring this up because who's going to tell you the real news? Okay, In my opinion, that is the real news. That is who Rush Limbaugh was. Who would know him better than his producer? I mean, his wife Catherine maybe? But I mean, this guy, Bo Snerdly, spent literally three hours a day every day with Rush. And I'm sure prep time and, and communications off air and, and had something to do with it too. He said it went beyond radio, it went beyond politics. It was, yeah, they were dear friends. And so, to those of you who call Rush Limbaugh or me or anybody else a racist, you are lying. Now, I say, or anybody else. There are racists out there, folks. I'm sure there are. I don't know any of them. But there are. I say I don't know any of them because, you know what, folks, you can't judge a person's heart. So people say dumb things and kind of, um, you know, get tempted into jokes and things about race or this and that. It's bad taste. Don't get me wrong. I'm not accepting it at all. But I am saying, you know what, that doesn't mean they're racist just because they fall for that. Just because they, we have a bullying mentality in America these days. That doesn't change the reality check that, hey, they're probably not really racist. They just don't think through it well enough, right? So there you have it. Anyway, I commend Rush Limbaugh for the work that he did. And I would really ask out of that to Rush Limbaugh fans all across the country. Are you a truth seeker? Because I believe that Rush Limbaugh was a truth seeker. He didn't get it right all the time, in my opinion. But he would say, I don't get it right. And he'd probably be correct all the time. We're human, folks. We're talk show hosts. We're not above the people. I know some would want you to believe we are, and some act like they are, and I get all that. But ladies and gentlemen, we put our pants on one leg at a time, right? I actually used to try to jump up when I was a kid and try to put my pants on both legs at the same time so that I could be different than everybody else, right? But But I'm saying we are not above the people. We're just one of you. Now, we happen to have the gift of gab on loan from God, is how Rush would put it. I get his sentiments there. The point is to acknowledge God. The point is to say, on my own, I'm not really that important or valuable. I'm only who I am because of God's grace and God's... Man, don't we circle back to this amazing grace national anthem idea. Uh, I'm only great because I was blessed to be born and to live in and to receive the fruits of the greatest country on the face of the earth. I was born into a Christian family that taught me the principles of self-government. And I've learned to prize those governing values like nobody's business, right? And I, so I understand that I'm a blessed person and I, I've got tons of blessings. I wouldn't call it white privilege, though. I might call it American privilege. But we're all the children of God and we have godly heritage. That gives us all godly privilege to some degree. If we keep his commandments, he'll bless us. If I make wise choices and keep his commandments and I'm blessed, is that privilege? Well, it's certainly all that I can do. And then grace added unto me by a loving father in heaven. It is that. I'll be honest. It is that. But I'm not above the people. I'm not any better than you. I might have the gift of gab. I have the ability to communicate ideas rather succinctly. I have the ability to talk for a long time. I, okay, those are one of my talents, I guess, right? I'm grateful for that. Uh, I don't think that I'm more important than anybody because of that blessing that I've received, or that ability to teach and instruct and guide and be a, what? Is it the first social media radio? Just wondering. It's one to many. I talked to a bunch of kind of social media, right? Pretty social, me talking to you, us becoming friends. Great family of radio listeners kind of thing. Rush pioneered that reality check, ladies and gentlemen. And guys like me learned from him and many others. I learned from Chuck Harder. I learned from Jerry Hughes. I learned from Rush Limbaugh. I don't know if you want to call it that, but I'm a, you know, second generation radio guy. I'm younger than all those guys. But I'm also a, what, third generation founding father. I hope to be a first generation patriot pioneer, restoring the republic of the traditions of our founders. And I hope to be the patriot pioneer that remains peaceful in doing so. Rejecting revolution and standing for peaceful restoration. These things, right? Well, I, I don't think we're better than anybody else. And I don't want to be a guy that nobody can get to, nobody can talk to, nobody can um, hear from except for on my terms or my circumstances. I don't want to be that guy. Okay, I'm not a rock star. Um, and I don't think Rush viewed himself as a rock star either. And uh, I gather that because I have friends that knew Rush personally. One of them was a gentleman named Phil Mueller, who I mentioned, I think, yesterday or whatever, who helped Rush get hired uh, on some of his first radio gigs or his first syndicated kind of gigs. And he got fired over Rush. They wanted to fire Rush, and my buddy Phil said, no, you're not. He was Phil's boss or he was Rush's boss, and they fired both of them. Uh, But Phil was a stand-up guy, and so is Rush. And Phil would speak very well of Rush. And I'd say, well, can you get a hold of Rush now, Phil? And he's like, no, Rush doesn't really take my calls or whatever. And and that's kind of where I get, I don't know if Rush wouldn't take his calls or if Rush didn't remember him, or if those around Rush wouldn't really let Phil get to Rush so he couldn't, you know, let Rush know who he is. I don't know. But I know that even Phil, who knew Rush well, would, would speak fondly of him. And James Golden, both Snerdly, would speak fondly of Rush. And so the people that surrounded him spoke kind of him. And so I have to take away, after his life, I don't want to judge his heart negatively. I want to pull the greatest attributes from him that I can and highlight those, like I would want to do for anybody. I then want to take the things that I've learned learned from him and apply them in meaningful ways. Why? Well, because then his impact... Has synergism. That's why. Impact for good, impact for critical thinking skills, impact to promote God, family, and country. We hope that impact, like a, a pebble being tossed into the pond, we hope the ripple effect is tremendous. And if it's up to me, the ripple effect of good will never end. God bless you, Rush. Liberty Roundtable, hour one of the can, two coming up. God save the Republic.
0: atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, talk, radio. Show talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, always, six days a week. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, spread the word, tell your neighbor, it's absolutely free. Live and on-demand radio at your fingertips on the 7th day we rest it is saturday february 20th we are live on your radio hour one last hour sam sounds off delivers emotional monologue on a rush limbaugh tribute rip rush is the exclamation point rest in peace brother i'm gonna say rip brother rush why because they always called him a racist, like the rest of us. But yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Bo Snerdly exists. Yep. Bo is really named James Golden. And James Golden is a black man who says he probably would have been working in a restaurant without Rush. And they were dear friends beyond radio. And uh, Bo Snurdley really speaking out on Sean Hannity's show, uh, telling who Rush re- really was. And I gave last hour a little bit of my experience with people who knew Rush. And uh, John Rich, country star, speaking out as well, defending Rush, saying Rush donated $100,000 to St. Jude's Hospital under the condition of the donation being anonymous. How many other things did Rush do with his money that we don't know about? Don't know, but I bet a bunch. That's just one story from John Rich. Now you hear stories and other people. You know what? James Golden, Bo snerdly saying how awesome of a person Rush was. Uh, my buddy Phil Mueller, who was good friends with Rush back in the day, telling what a great person Rush was. So I'm not here to sing Rush's praise, but I am here to learn from the contributions of others. And I think that's what we need to do uh, in America is learn from one another. Step back from judgment from one another. Creating a, a, an effort of civility. By the way, Joe Biden preaching unity, but yet everything he's doing is undermining and fractionalizing the swamp monsters versus the rest of us. Uh, creating a divide in the left-right paradigm. Creating a divide between the re- Republicans and Democrats. Divide, divide, divide everywhere. And I don't know that we always need, need to be united. I think that's kind of a false term. I think we can agree to disagree agreeably. I think we can learn to be civil and have an era of civility uh, in America, even if we disagree. And um, I feel so strongly about it that me and Sheriff Mack grabbed a website URL or a domain. And we're going to be promoting uh, this idea of civility on this domain. We are going to uh, kind of really highlight this idea that we need to be civil It's okay to disagree. And it's okay to even disagree somewhat forcefully, folks. That's the genius of America. That's the rough and tumble of of, uh, dealing with very uh, difficult issues. But that doesn't mean that we have to be mean to one another or unkind. Right? That doesn't mean we need to be unkind. And I think that's really the takeaway and I think for the most part, Rush was civil. You could say, well, Sam, there were some things that he, uh, that he said that weren't kind. You know, we're all guilty of that, folks. I'm not above that either. I try to be kind and I try to be patient and gentle with others. But I always say things that, um, you know, I wish we would say something different, right? It's something that we really got to work on. It's something that we all got to make efforts to. And what happens is that if I uh, rip on somebody or say something or do something, and I, I'm not very kind, then they say, oh, Sam. And, you know, isn't that the you know, what do they call it? The pan calling the kettle black or whatever. But I look at it and say, you know what? None of us do great at it. None of us are perfect at civility. It's something that takes constant work constant effort, constant practice, okay? And I think civility is something that we all need to strive for. So we're going to build a website around civility. What it means to be civil. Does it mean we always have to agree? No. Does it mean we can't banter around ideas and and, and really attack ideas with a fervor that we disagree with and stand and defend ideas that we agree with? No, we can do those things, but we don't need to make them personal. We don't need to engage in personal attacks. And believe it or not, you know, Melania Trump, when she uh, created her civility effort, her effort was called Be Best, and it was an anti-bullying campaign. I really uh, commend her for this. It was very good. Be Best campaign. Let's be gentle and kind to one another. Let's be our best selves was kind of the idea. And what would happen is Trump would go off and, and rip somebody apart because he's always been a punch-back guy, right? You attack Trump and he'll punch back harder, they say. It's always been Trump's moniker. I'm not suggesting it's the best one, but that's you know what he, who he is, what he's done. But he's with Melania now, and she's kind of saying, well, you know what, be best, Don, we can be better than that. Well, instead of accepting her counsel to her husband and being appreciative for her leadership, what they did was they downed Melania, and they're like, look at those two-faced couple. You know, Donald's attacking everybody, and and uh, Melania gives her husband a pass and runs around in this Be Best campaign. And how two-faced and disingenuous is that? And, and they would go on. But I look at it and go, can't we just give someone some credit? Can't we just give somebody a little love, a little bit of, what do you want to say? Can't we give people like a best foot forward, a second chance, if you will. And I don't really see that they did that much for President Trump, and especially Melania. I mean, why is she guilty for, you know, the president's statements or behavior and stuff like this? But I don't see Joe Biden any, any better, right? Joe Biden's literally saying, you know, that he wishes he could have taken Donald Trump out behind the woodshed, giving him a piece of his mind, you know, kind of a thing. Um, You know, we've all done this. So I don't want to look back at the comments others have made. And, you know, Maxine Waters, you know, saying, hey, you know what? Don't let any of the conservatives rest in peace. Attack them, form a crowd wherever they are. Wherever they are, let them know they're not welcome here. And okay, these are the statements from Democrats. There's been bad statements by Republicans and by all walks of life. I've been guilty of them. Not that I'm proud of it. I'm just willing to acknowledge, right? We need to all do better. Right? We need to all work at this. Can we do it? I think we can. Is it going to be a road to hoe? Is it going to be difficult? Without a doubt, anything worth having is difficult to gain, right? Anything worth doing is worth doing our best at it, right? And I think that's the takeaway that we need to have. Well, I bring this up because it seems to me like we're, we're entering an era of less and less and less civility. Less and less and less genuine respect for one another. If we disagree, uh, we want to put those disagreements front and center. And what I find sad about it is we can agree on 95% of things. Or 90% or 99, depends on who and what. But why do we focus on the 5 or 10%? that we disagree about. Why? Why do we do that? I don't know. I guess a lot of it's human nature. I guess a lot of it is just typical behavior, right? But I think we can intelligently, intentionally do better. And I think that's what we ought to focus on. We can be better. We should be better. Right? Who's in with me? Anybody? Whose game to try to educate and to use civility as the opportunity to bring people together? To give people hope? To embody courage you know as one said courage is contagious right so think about that how can you continue to make a difference what can you do to bring about a new era of civility what can you do to make a difference right how do you go about our disagreements in ways that make sense Right? In ways that that give people hope and a chance to work together. Rather than burning the bar down and barn down in division. Right? We gotta really, 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 really work to guard against that. And one of the ways that we can guard against that is to reject the cancel culture. What we want to do in our society now is cancel anything we disagree with and act like it doesn't exist or act like it doesn't have the right to be. And I think Republicans and Democrats and all of us are guilty of this. What we do is we say, well, wait, reject the cancel culture when it's things that we believe in. We don't want them to cancel it. But when it's things that the other side believe in, we're all ready to cancel it and do unto them what they have done unto us rather than do unto them what we would like done unto us. Critical critical stuff but so 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 important i would give you the name of the website on civility we're going to be talking about but it's not built yet but it's a worthy project don't you think all right Well, sturdly should i give the name the the website even though it's not built yet Uh oh sturdly says i should hang tight ladies and gentlemen you are listening to Liberty Roundtable. Civility Radio at your fingertips.
3: Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board... You have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in
10: history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
1: Right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. This is kind of a tribute to the state of Texas. We'll talk about preparedness in a minute. I want to talk about preparedness in detail, ladies and gentlemen, this broadcast. Uh, preparedness for what is to come. And how and when and what, and what, I don't know. But preparedness, nevertheless. It's a tribute to Rush Limbaugh. It's a tribute to the Texans. It's a tribute to civility. Okay? It's a tribute to, in my opinion, Things we hold dear, right? Or things we should hold dear. Is that the way to say it? And so I'm talking about civility. And I'm talking about even when we disagree. Learning to disagree agreeably is a real skill. And it's hard to learn. And even in my early days of radio, I'm sure I didn't practice it very well. So you know what? Don't call me out and say, Sam, you're you're as guilty of it as anybody. Because you want to know what my response will be? Sadly, you're probably right. I'm far from a perfect guy. And it's so easy, especially in talk radio, to to take aim at your enemy. And what do they say? Fire. Aim. Ready? (laughs) You know, it's very easy to kind of um, babble at the mouth without thinking. It's pretty easy to go ahead and, you know, especially when somebody's got a gift of gab or a sharp tongue as I have, it's pretty easy to go off and say, you know what, this guy's a jerk, this guy's a thug, this guy's an enemy, this guy's a... And you know what, you feel like that in the middle of politics because it's very emotional. But how do we learn to get a check on our emotions? How do we learn to, you know, that's kind of the clarion call. Oh, speaking of clarion call, I wrote a clarion call for civility article. Um, believe it or not, back in, what, 2016 or 17 or something like that? I'll have to try to find it. But it was an open letter to all the media and everybody else, right? Open letter, a call for civility in 2016. I wrote that article. So you know what? I um, really believe that this uh, effort, this desire for civility matters. And, um, you know, I I always refer to my open letter, A Clarion Call for Civility. It was written, uh, I guess, in May 2016. And I want to republish it because I really think it's important. In fact, when we build this website, I think I will publish it uh, on the website. Is kind of one of the things that led us to this. But myself and Richard Mack really want to push on this idea about A Call for Civility. So the website will be, as soon as it's up, and again, I just I just need time to work on it, folks. I too many projects, too many things. But the website will be called, imagine this, callforcivility.com. We got the domain, so it's going to happen. And uh, in 2016, I wrote a clearing call for civility, and now the website will be called callforcivility.com. Makes sense, right? All right, so Snerdly told me to go ahead and, Tell you about that website, I thought I would, you know. All right, this time Bo Sturdley has a different name, though, doesn't he? He's not James Golden. He's not even James. He is Jay, though, so the first letter matches, right? Anyway, uh, but Rush was famous for giving his uh, producer a lot of credit for the research and for all the things that went on behind the scenes, and he'd refer to him often. And he treated, treated him like a true friend, and it turns out they were true friends. It was not a joke. It was not a, quote, fabrication. Uh, James Golden is real. Anyway, enough of the Rush Limbaugh tribute, but you know what? Rest in peace, Rush. And our prayers are with your family, brother. And our prayers are with James Golden. So the question becomes, what's going to happen to the Rush Limbaugh show now? Hey, Bo, do you have any ideas? What's going to happen to the Rush Limbaugh show now that, uh, you know, Rush is resting in peace. He's with his maker. Any idea what's going to happen to the Rush Limbaugh program? You don't know, huh? I got an idea, man. What if Donald what if Donald Trump takes over the wrestling by program, man? All right. Bo says that would be great if, uh, you know, Donald Trump took over the wrestling by program. Now, Bo Snidley can do it. I'm sure Bo's plenty, James Golden, plenty capable of doing it. I don't know if he would or not. I think that uh, James Golden probably rather produce for the next Patriot. You know what? I think that... Uh, Donald Trump should take over the Rush Limbaugh show. Uh, I think he should move to Utah. I think he should run against Mitt Romney and take over the Rush Limbaugh radio program and broadcast live from the Rocky Mountains. What do you think of that, Bo? Would that be a good, good plan? Then you could have a senator from the Rocky Mountains broadcasting on the Rush Limbaugh show. What they want you to believe is you can't do radio And be a senator or be a public official because it's a conflict of interest. See, I digress. or I'm I'm sorry, I disagree with that. Am I allowed to disagree with that? Or is that uncivil? See, I think think we can have a conversation about this. I don't think just because you are uh, an elected official, that doesn't mean that you can't communicate to the public and have your own show. What better way to let the people talk to you than say, you know what? My number is 866-986-6397. Call me. Jump on the radio with me. I'd love to entertain your questions. What an incredible town hall it would be. And it would shake up the mainstream press because now you can talk directly to the people and you can just set aside this Facebook and Twitter and these big tech thugs that are controlling everything. Wait a minute, was that civil? I think it is civil to be a little forceful when they're denying liberty and denying freedom of speech, freedom of association. They're even preventing us under the guise of COVID to jettisoning our freedom to assemble. Our freedom of religion, redress of grievances, don't go anywhere because the courts say you don't have standing. All five of the First Amendment guarantees are under assault. And I think we need to speak out nobly, boldly, and independently in rejection of that. It doesn't mean that I want to attack individuals personally. It's okay to have the rough and tumble of ideas. See, so we need to learn to separate When are we being rough and tumble on the ideas and really standing up and advocating for what we believe to be right versus when are we making personal swipes and personal attacks and shaming or bullying or fundamentally uh, behaving in a a way that would be um, abuse or unkindness in a way that's um, dangerous? See, when they put my picture... On the uh, Malheur Wildlife Takeover, if I was part of it, that's, that's, that's pretty brutal. But they didn't say a word, did they? Anyway, we're going to work on this callforcivility.com website and really highlight some fundamental things we can do. We might even create civility rallies across the country. What if you got a few black people and white people? And a few people from Republican and Democrat camps. And males and females. And every fault line divide you could find. And we got speakers that could come together. And come together over the principles of liberty and say, look, we can be united, we can be civil, but it's got to be over these principles. Look, the supreme law of the land is the Constitution. People swear an oath to that. Now, that's not debatable. If we want to change that, we can, but... So far, we haven't, and therefore, that is the standard. Anyway, um, that's the uh, effort we need to have. We really need to work at this, people. So we're going to be putting together this callforcivility.com website, and we're going to really advocate for this. I'm going to do so on the radio. We hope to do so in national public speaking tours. We hope to put rallies together that really challenge the fault lines. Right, If I'm a straight person, can I work with gay people? What if I don't believe the transgender view, but others are saying, oh, it's so dear to their hearts? What about about all these fault lines that are everywhere in America? Can we disagree but still be civil, still be kind, still be uh, willing to treat others as we would want to be treated? Can we treat others as the Prince of Peace or Jesus Christ would treat them? Can we reject that idea but not reject the person? Can we? I think we can. In fact, I think we must. If this nation is to endure, we must work on erasing fault lines, burying the hatchet on disagreements. I don't mean that we agree or that we're 100% united, but I mean that we're civil and respectful, that we're kind, that we appeal to our base, if you will and future converts to our base in ways that hold the moral high ground. Is that a possibility? Or am I just Pollyanna wishful thinking kind of guy? I may be a little Pollyanna wishful thinking guy, but I'd rather be that guy hoping to change the world for the better than the other guy that says it's not possible. Forget it. Give it up, Sam. They'll never let you do that. I hope to be the guy that advocates for the Prince of Peace and the guy that advocates and calls for civility. Even when we disagree, we can do so agreeably. I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend your right to say it. This is Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty
5: News Radio. USA Radio News. Plans to vaccinate more Americans against the coronavirus delayed by the weather. President Biden in Michigan Friday at a Pfizer vaccine plant as the delivery of six million doses is held up by extreme weather across most of the country. Overall, though, Biden says he likes the pace of vaccine distribution, especially after what he considers a slow start.
3: My predecessors, my mother would say God love him, failed to order enough vaccines, failed to mobilize the effort to administer the shots, failed to set up vaccine centers. That changed the moment
5: we took office. Biden believes his administration is still on track to administer 100 million vaccine doses in his first 100 days. Meanwhile, the House Budget Committee yesterday releasing details of Biden's COVID relief bill. The $2 trillion package includes a $15 an hour minimum wage, $1,400 stimulus checks, extending unemployment benefits and more money for small businesses. This is USA Radio News.
11: Hello, this is Wayne Allyn Root for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alleroo Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com.
5: President Biden planning to visit Texas soon following a massive storm. Biden also saying Friday he'll sign a major disaster declaration for the state. Meanwhile, many Texans still lack water and electricity, but water is the bigger problem right now. Millions under boiled water notices. The storm blamed for 44 deaths, 27 of them in Texas. NASA is sharing what it calls exhilarating pictures of Mars as taken by the rover Perseverance that landed Thursday. Those pictures are available at nasa.gov. Former astronaut Mike Massimino tells NBC News, this mission is part of a larger focus on Mars in the years to come.
6: The idea of sending people to Mars, I think that's what this in some ways is all about. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of understanding our planet as well by, by, by looking at Mars, understanding how our solar system formed, looking for other signs of life. Answering questions not only about Mars, but Earth, but also paving the way for
5: people to go there. The rover will undergo some maintenance checks this weekend and take more pictures, including a panorama. This is USA Radio News.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. So much to cover. So little time, right? I got an interesting email from the Sutherland Institute, and they're a think tank, and um, they have a headline that says this, cancel culture points to big question. I agree with that. Are students learning about freedom of speech? Ooh, yeah. That's a really important discussion huh The cultural phenomenon known as the cancel culture is serious right It continues to insert itself into many parts of society. Cancel culture seeks to annul or remove certain people from mainstream discourse, right? And it's a serious issue. And it really talks about the education arena, and it goes on, talks a lot about this. But I want to mention about the cancel culture. Is the cancel culture, and they have a different question. Theirs is relating to education, and it's in their educational series. It's like part 12 of their big educational series. I don't really want to go on about that except to say that I want to ask my own question. Right? Let me give you an example. Cancel culture points to big question. And they say, are students learning about freedom of speech? I think they're not. And I think if we don't learn about it, we're going to lose it. That's what I think. And that scares me, right? But I got a big question that cancel culture leads to as well. Can we learn to be civil? Or are we just going to basically run out on a rail? Anybody who disagrees with our views or our discourse. Let me give you an example to make the point. Governor Christy Noem says there will be no mask mandates in South Dakota. And she slams the CDC and their double masking idea. She said, look, it isn't about double masks. Okay, it isn't a matter of how safe double mask may or may not be in the debate surrounding that. What she says is this is not America. In other words, this idea that we're just going to mandate our opinion, even if it's not backed by scientific fact, as scientific fact, and if you disagree, you're the enemy. And this cancel culture issue is right at the heart of we just going to cancel Christine Ohm, this governor, and just say, you know what, you're you're you ought to be in prison. I mean, how dare you say that? Are we going to just cancel the pro-lifers? Are we just going to cancel those who believe differently than we do? Facebook, they say, is now the arbiter of truth on climate change. Believe it or not, they're putting together a panel with Yale and Cambridge experts, and their goal is to... Debunk myths of deniers. Facebook, now arbiter of truth. They're putting together a climate change panel with Yale, Cambridge, and others, and they're putting experts together to debunk the myths of the global warming or climate change deniers. Art Moore, WND.com, writes the piece. And that's a very scary discussion, isn't it? But are we just going to let cancel culture, just cancel anybody who disagrees on climate change? What if you do things that we don't agree with? Do we just shut people down? Let me give you an example. This is serious, serious, serious. School board mocks parents and the comments... Go viral. I don't know if you saw this story, but in my opinion, this story is really important. Okay. School board mocks parents. Unfortunate remarks go viral, says the headline. President of a board in Oakley, California, resigns after video virtual meeting circulates online. So what happened is they were having a conf- a conversation, uh, kind of a conference or whatever. They didn't think they were on live video. And so these, you know, government school personnel just starts mocking parents, right? And I guess it didn't go too well because the parents are now livid and attacking the school board who then mocked, you know, parents. So you got this rift now between the school board and the parents because the school board mocked the parents. Now the parents are livid. But here's my take. Number one, I don't agree at all with the school board mocking the parents. I mean, I I think that's foolish. I get ill-advised. I mean, I can go down that road of explanation. I'm I'm just against it, okay? But you know what? They have their right to free speech and free free thought as well, and if they want to mock the parents, they can. But we can also fire them for that, okay? You can have your own free speech, but we'll just, you know, fire you. The other issue is that, hey, they can have their free speech. The parents, though, instead of just trashing the school board or trashing this um, president of board in Oakley, California or whatever, um, what we can do is we could just simply say, hey, we're not going to put our kids in your government school in the first place. After all, the government school is the Communist Manifesto. So you have the president of the Communist Manifesto board in California mocking parents, and parents ought to just simply respond and smile and take their kids out of government school. If enough parents took their kids out of government school and the government schools shut down, uh, then we wouldn't have communism being taught in America, first of all. And secondly, the president can go find the job elsewhere. If you don't appreciate the parents, if you're going to mock them and be disparaging against them, why is this school leader of the communist schools, the 10th plank of the communist manifesto, why are they mocking the parents in the first place? I'll tell you why. Because parents are trying to get their kids back in school and open up schools. And the bureaucrats, the professional communist do-gooders back in the 10th plank of the communist manifesto on the school board, they're getting big paychecks to sit around on their airs. and they don't want to go back to work. So they're mocking the parents going, we're not going back. My response is just shut it down, people. Shut it down, people. That's what needs to happen, Right. All right, cancel culture's coming for me is the next headline. Do you know who said that? If you don't, you're probably not watching the news well enough, are you? Yeah. Cancel culture's coming for me. I'm saying it. It's coming for me. It's been coming for me for a long time. The difference is I don't depend on YouTube and Facebook and Google and all these goofballs for revenue. I was smart enough not to do that, and people would said, Sam, your show could be a gazillion times bigger if you just, what, capitulate? Right? But cancel culture is real. It's a truly toxic phenomenon, in my opinion. Now, some people think cancel culture is a good thing, but I don't. And so I don't agree with this, um, you know, school board. At all, but I do agree with their right to speak and think as they think best. Our prayers are with them. You know, they've got that song, "They're coming to take me away." He he, ha ha. You ever heard that? Well, when cancel culture's coming for me, I kind of think that it's coming for you. They think we're crazy, but I think they're crazy. You know, where does it end? Right? Where does it all end? And I think unless we, you know what? Lay down the civility card. Do I call that the Trump card? All right? For example, there's a poll being taken. People are wanting to know, is Pelosi? Right? Let me say, Sam, on what? Well, poll is Pelosi's idea. On how to investigate the January 6th Capitol riot. A good idea. She wants to create a group to look into it. But here's my problem in the council culture. Uh, Nancy and crew. Who's going to be in charge of this investigation? Is it going to be kind of like a Ken Starr investigation? Right? But the AMAC newsletter is the one that has this uh, poll. Go to amac.us if you want to take the poll. Then you can see the results of the poll. Maybe Snurdly will go take the poll and then get us some results, huh? But cancel culture is coming for me, and they're coming for you. Right? The cancel culture is coming for us all. Right? Right? Sadly, I think that's right. Cancel culture is coming for me, and they are coming for you, they are coming for us all. Right? Wow, we gotta fight peacefully, folks. Hang tight, Liberty Roundtable Live.
6: Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? The Calm Before the Storm, by a friend of Medjugorje, the strategy of heaven, revealed. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com, or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.
3: I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch.
1: All right, back with you live. AMAC.us has a poll. Is Pelosi's idea on how to investigate the January 6th Capitol riot? A good idea. And she wants to basically have kind of a Ken Starr investigation or whatever into it. Have Congress, you know. I don't have any confidence in that, Nancy. I hate to tell you, but you're just gonna make matters worse. Because Americans feel like they're just getting snookered everywhere they turn. You'll have a big old investigation, and when you get done an investigation, you'll be like, Mom, you know, there was bad guys that did bad stuff, and we're sorry about that. And you know, you really gonna to get to the bottom of the truth? All right. Anyway, there you have it. All right. do you like Cadbury eggs, Snardly. Cameron, do you like Cadbury, Cadbury eggs? No? All right, when you're a kid, you like Cadbury's. Come on, they're coming up for Easter, bro. So you got to bust out the Cadburys, you know? Well, anyway, a petition is out now to have Cadbury's latest commercial taken off air. Sur- the petition surfaced after viewers took issue with a same-sex kiss featured in the ad I guess according to an article published on Friday. Now, uh, this is kind of the problem with this whole thing. You know, where do you go with this, right? But this petition is serious. Uh, They say, according to an article published by the New York Post, the petition, they say, which was created February the 15th on a website, I guess, called Citizen Go, had over 27,000 signatures, At the time that this article was published, uh, that's the article that I have on this, okay? The whole advertisement features different ways that you can eat a Cadbury egg. The part of the commercial that inspired the petition comes, of course, at the very end, right? When two men pass a Cadbury egg between their mouths before bursting the egg open. Okay, the thing's sick, if you ask me, folks. Okay? They say by choosing to feature a same-sex couple, Cadbury's are clearly hoping to create controversy and escape criticism by claiming that anybody who objects must be rooted in homophobia. Okay, that's how they roll now, right? But believe it or not, members of the LGBT community have also expressed their dislike of the campaign. campaign. The petition stated, Cadbury's is well aware of the religious significance of Easter. The petition continues. Therefore, they're trying to cause gratuitous offense to members of the Christian community during the most important feast in their calendar. Yeah, I think that's right. It's offensive as all get out, folks. Exposing children to sexualized content constitutes a moral hazard. It constitutes a form of sexual grooming. The petition stated, it is well known that children will often copy what they see on the screen. Now, the company, that's Cadbury, previously defended the commercial in a statement to ad age. I don't know who that is. I guess it's some ad agency or whatever. Cadbury has always been a progressive brand that spreads a message of inclusion, whether it's through its products or brand campaigns, the company said in the statement. Now, I just find this abhorrent. On Easter with candy, are you kidding me, to kids, we are proud of our, what do they call it, golden googly, Oh, Golden Jubilee advertisement, which celebrates the many ways that everyone can enjoy a Cadbury cream egg. To illustrate this and to showcase the joy that our products bring, a clip of a real life couple sharing a kiss is the way we're going about it. Well, actually, sharing a Cadbury cream egg was included in the advert, right? Well, I got a problem with this whole thing. And this is why I say I don't think we'll ever be united in America, okay? These people there believe, I believe falsely, but these people believe they're doing a great service to America by being inclusive and stuff like that. But what they're really doing, in my opinion, is mocking Christianity at the expense of all Christians. And there's still a lot of Christians in the republic, baby. And you know what? They're waking up a sleeping giant, in my opinion. Okay, I support the petition. This is shameful and disgraceful. and ought to stop. Now, I'm not going to attack the individuals involved there. I'm not going to go off on a rant against, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgenders. I completely disagree with their lifestyle. It is abhorrent. It is a sin. And I'm entitled to my beliefs. And I will not back away or apologize for those beliefs. God determines this, not me. I just happen to endorse God's statements on the matter. Now, that doesn't mean that I am going to be mean to people who love this. Doesn't mean that I'm going to try to get violent to anybody or that I'm going to, you know, go postal or anything like that. All right? Doesn't mean I'm going to be hostile and abusive towards anybody, but I completely disagree with the ad. I believe it's destructive to America, in general, I believe it pollutes the airways. right? I believe it's just a sad tale to tell, to say the least. It's a shame. And so I'm going to stand against it, but I'm not going to attack individuals. I'm not here to hate on anybody. I am here to tell you that I reject the commercial. I think it's abhorrent. I want to do all that I can to see it go away. All right. For Kim and Kanye, it's divorce. Sad tale after six years of marriage. I guess they're working for, what do they call it, joint custody? Is that how it is? Of the children. And so Kim, I guess, uh, and Kanye, it's divorce time. I guess Kardashian files papers after six years of marriage. I think it's sad. I thought that uh, Kanye and Kim were kind of embracing the Christian view. And I had a lot of hope for them. Um, anyway, I don't know how to respond to this. Except for me to say that our prayers are with our family. Our prayers are with our children. The children are the ones that are going to suffer the most in this, I fear. All right. Jimmy Kimmel goes to town on Ted Cruz. There he is, snake on a plane right there, Jimmy says. And the big story is about, I guess, Ted Cruz. Uh, And I guess Ted Cruz, what he did is, while everybody was suffering in Texas from the freezing cold, I guess Ted Cruz rolled to Mexico. Went on a plane to Cancun or whatever and said, I was just trying to be a good dad. There was nothing that I can do, so I took my daughters down there. But it turns out he was planning to go on vacation. And some are very critical about Ted Cruz in this. I'm not as critical as others. In other words, I don't know why we want to look to government to solve all of our problems in the first place. Okay, Um, you know what? I think Ted Cruz has every right if he wants to go on vacation to go. You say in the middle of a crisis, Sam, when most people can't afford to even go and everybody else is suffering. and Yeah, because what is a senator going to do about the power grid melting down? I mean, he can hold hearings. He can try to investigate. He can whatever. But there's nothing that he can do in the middle of the crisis. He's not a miracle worker. He doesn't have the skills to bring back the power grid or any of that kind of stuff. So you know what? This is all political attacks that I don't really see have a lot of advantage all right i don't know if you know this but texas on it is on its own power grid the country is divided into the three general power grids in america you got one covering the eastern part of the united states another the western states and then another one is the texas grid the texas grid basically covers the entire state of texas pretty much and they say it's totally separate So what do you say of all that, right? Anyway, I I bring that up because I just find it interesting that we want to go ahead and just act like Ted Cruz can do something about it. Now you say, well, Sam, you know, you got these bureaucrats and professional do-gooders, and, you know, they tell us not to leave our homes, and then they're out partying. They tell us not to go out to eat, and then we catch them doing it. This is similar. I agree. I agree. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you pay a senator couple hundred grand a year. And uh, as you know, they get rich when they're in office, buddy. That's just the way politics works in modern times. You expect him not to take the opportunity to go to a warmer climate when he has the chance? You're expecting what never will be. Okay? We've made senators rich in America. And we've turned them into elites. And now when they behave like it, we have a problem with it. we got to look in the mirror. Yeah, you left, right, Democrats, Republicans, all of us. We ought to look in the mirror a little bit and quit blaming everybody else. Don't blame Ted Cruz. Don't start attacking Jimmy Kimmel for getting mad about it. Take the civility way and say, Jimmy, I know you're on one side and Ted, I know you're on the other side, but man, both of you ought to stop. Jimmy, quit attacking Ted. Ted, you know that was an elitist move. It wasn't good to do. And you know what? We hope you behave more like a servant of the people rather than an elitist. I think you could politely politely help people understand the the mistake here now is it a mistake by ted cruz i think so but you can't blame him who wouldn't have done it right we've turned them into elitists with plenty of money and now we're mad because they behave like it why don't we change the game and have senators serving their states not back in the washington district of criminals and why don't we go ahead and put them on part-time basis and reduce their salary down to maybe 40 grand 30 grand the average salary of an american might be a good starting point huh But see, when we create elites and rich men, and then we're mad when it goes that way, I think we need to look in the mirror a little bit, folks. All right, two Florida women dress up as grandmas. They dress up as grannies to get the vaccine. Turns out they were 35 and 44 years old, and they got caught. Yeah, they got caught. I guess you're not allowed to have a vaccine because you're too young is the idea. I don't know if that's age discrimination or what, but there you have it. Anyway, these women got caught. and You know, you can't act like used to get uh, the vaccines. I don't understand why they're so fired up to get the vaccines in the first place. I don't understand what the draw is, personally. But there you have it. Now, an Alaska woman went to the outhouse in the wilderness when a bear hiding in the toilet uh, attacked her from behind. Yeah, the Associated Press reporting this one. And I guess it wasn't fun. She screamed. She jumped up. turned out we think the bear used his paw and attacked her on the derriere. And I guess um, she thought something bit her butt, but it turns out we think it was a paw. She said, as soon as I sat down, Shannon jumped up and screamed. Her name is Shannon Stevens. So beware of them bears, ladies and gentlemen. They can be worse than politics. You follow me? Our prayers are with Shannon, and that she gets the derriere healed. God Save the Republic.